morning, good morning. You're tuned in to WBOK 1230 AM on Down by Law with Mr. Daryl Gray, attorney. I am Larisha. I am the founder of the King Jameer M. Alfred Foundation. Mr. Daryl Gray is out today, so I'll be his guest host. And this morning, we are interviewing some candidates that's running for District 93 State Rep- Representatives. I'm going to go ahead and um, introduce uh, some a few of them. Mr. Alonzo Knox, Mr. Steve Kennedy, Ms. Tanae Wallace, Ms. Morgan, Ms. Fox Richardson. So I'm going to go ahead and let each one of uh, the representatives introduce themselves. Would you like to start first, Ms. Fox? Oh, it would be my honor. We are excited to be here at WBOK again. This is like a second home to me. So um, definitely good morning to all of my WBOK listeners. They are like the core of the community here in New Orleans. I am Sybil Fox Richardson. Many of you know me as Fox Rich. I've been on your airwaves quite a few times throughout the years talking about issues of social justice. And I am delighted to say that I am here today as a candidate for a state representative for District 93. I am a wife of 25 years. I am a um, mother of six amazing sons. And I am a formerly incarcerated woman whose story was told in the Oscar-nominated documentary Time that is now streaming on Amazon Prime. And after decades of advocating just as an ordinary citizen, I am now offering myself to serve in an official capacity the great people of District 93. I've been endorsed by Senator Royce Duplessis, who was the former person that held this seat. And I'm just excited to get to Baton Rouge and go to work for our people. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Great. Okay. Um, next, Ms. Morgan. Good morning, WBOK listeners. And I'm Morgan Clevenger, and I think a lot of you know me as well because so, for so many years, WBOK had their home in our neighborhood, and we would literally go and get on the show at a moment's notice, and we always – appreciated that open door and uh, we're so proud that you guys have a beautiful new home here and i also want to give a shout out to daryl gray who as just king of sidewalk steppers um six ward where i grew up we really appreciate his reign and i'm here because we need better leadership uh we need to take care of our people i'm from new orleans grew up in the french quarter the sixth ward i'm a homeowner in the seventh ward and a small business owner And as many of you know and have heard me on these shows before, I'm always standing up for community around housing, around education, around criminal justice, around the real problems that beset our city. And I've always had the pleasure of speaking with you, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Wallace. I'm sorry, Mr. Kennedy. Uh, Giving me a name, huh? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, good morning, and thank you, uh, WBOK and uh, Daryl Gray. Sorry you're not here, but we're going to make this show live for you, baby. Um, <laughs> my name is Stephen Kennedy, and I was born and raised here in the city of New Orleans. Um, actually, I was born and raised in the Seventh War in the St. Bernard Housing Development. And for many years, I've been working on issues that's of importance to us. So I've been actually developing affordable housing for seniors and low-income communities. I've also been advocating for fair-chance housing around formerly incarcerated individuals to make sure that they don't be discriminated um, when they're going and seeking housing. I've also helped pass the Equitable Business Opportunity Program with the City of New Orleans, which which ensures that small, minority, and women-owned businesses actually get procurement opportunities with local government. 
I've also been working to get, return our local schools to local control. In 2015, I actually advocated with former, now st- state senator Joseph Bowie, but at that time he was a state representative on House Bill 166 to return local schools to local control. We are spending $36 million in busing kids all over the place to schools. And so I really want to focus on making sure that that $36 million can be reinvested back into the classroom, back into educating our kids. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation that we're going to have today. I'm Stephen Kennedy, and I'm number three on the ballot. And I'm also the officially endorsed candidate of the Orleans Parish Democratic Executive Committee. I'm the Democratic standard bearer. Thank you, sir. Ms. Wallace. Good morning. My name is Tanaj Wallace. This is actually only my second time here, but I'm very happy that I was invited at all. Um, Yes, I'm running for state representative of District 93, running as the most progressive candidate and the best choice for District 93. (laughs) Getting some laughs over here, but it's very true, Alonzo. Yeah, so my focus is on making sure that we can get money in the hands of our people. We're making sure that we can increase the standard of living, making sure that we can keep our streets safe and making sure that everyone in our district feels represented. And I want to be the voice for those people. Thank you, Mr. Knox. Thank you. And good morning. Thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate it. I've been here before uh, talking about other issues, particularly as it relates to my neighborhood of Treme. I've been a resident of this district for over 20 years. I didn't just move into the district checking the landscape to see if it's strategically possible for me to run. I've been here doing the work, being on the ground, promoting my uh, business as a uh, coffee uh, shop, back-of-town coffee parlor in uh, the district. Yes, I've also been doing groundwork in my neighborhood as well as uptown Central City. I'm the one that's been working with uh, expungements, not charging people to have their records expunged, but paying for them on my behalf, on my organization's behalf to have them expunged. I'm the one who's also been promoting affordable housing as well. I think I'm the best qualified here. Nah, no. I'm the only one here who has experience at all three levels of government. I have experience with uh, law enforcement. I worked for the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation. I oversaw a community safety initiative that saw reduction in crime. I'm the only one who has the endorsement of the sheriff, uh, Susan Hudson. So I believe that uh, once people get to hear my message and learn more about who I am, they will see that I'm just like them. I'm an everyday person. I get up, I work hard, and I'm all about community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. So as we get into our conversations with our candidates this morning, we're asking for the community, the feedback from um, the people to call in and uh, voice your basically your opinion on how you feel. Um, The number is 504-582-9422. Again, the number is 504-582-9422. So let's get in it. Let's talk. Who wants to go first? Ms. Fox. I led it again. I led it the first time, I'll baby. First. I'll take it again. <laughs> you know, first. that's what we're here mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I'll go first. If y'all want me to. Yeah, you can. Go ahead. So what, what you are, well, how are we starting? We're talking. We're having a conversation. So let me ask you a question. Uh, we, okay. So I wanted to know, what are your personal priorities? Why are you seeking this position as state representative? What makes you special? What what makes me special? I feel that I want to be the inspiration to young people, young black boys, young black girls who have made mistakes in their life to show them that anything is possible, right? Society tells us that um, if you make mistakes, you're going to always have to carry the burdens of those mistakes that you made in the past. But I want to show people that 
you can make mistakes and you can recover from those stakes, mistakes. I live by three P's in my life, prayers, patience, and perseverance. I see that. And I get up every day and get at it. And it's unfortunate that, you know, how society kind of views people who have made mistakes. And so some of my personal priorities, what I want to focus on is he talked about expungements, right? It costs $550 to get an expungement. Yeah. And as we know, Louisiana is the incarceration capital of the world. And most of those people who are coming and who are being incarcerated in Louisiana come from Orleans Parish, since yeah. we are the largest parish. And so I want to focus on either getting rid of um, the cost of expungement and making it easier to get your, uh, your record expunged or reducing the cost of expungement. Because as we say, majority of our society in New Orleans, especially black males, right. it's hard to get back on the feet uh, when you have these records and you go to try to get a job. And they mark the box, and then they don't even give you a, a, a chance to employ yourself right. to be gainfully employed. So you put the burden back on the female, right. the household. And so I was grateful to have people like my sister when I came home from incarceration who let me live in a house for two years mm-hmm. because it was hard for me to find a job. Exactly. And so that's one of the priorities that I want to focus on, making sure that we get rid of the, expun- the cost of expungement and making it easier, but also affordable housing. Like, I've actually developed affordable housing. People talk about affordable housing, but I've actually built affordable housing for people in our community. Mm -hmm. And not only did it benefit the people who was living in the housing, I also gave the contracting opportunities to minority and women-owned businesses, small people who can build their businesses, but also who can employ people from our communities. I've actually been doing the work. I'm not coming up here to talk about rhetorical stuff, what I'm going to do. I'm actually, I've actually done this work in our community so for many years. So you've been boots on the ground? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Ms. Okay. Well, that was great, Stephen. Um, I appreciate what you said, but a lot of what we need to do is about prevention, preventing incarceration, making sure our schools are actually serving our students. I, too, stand with Joe Bowie to bring our community schools back because we have broken communities we are losing our people, our children. Now, Kennedy Kai, we just buried her last week. Now we have Tyler Ellis. We need to stop our children from dying. We need to stop losing our people, losing their homes from the neighborhoods they grew up in. I have stood up for property tax reform when nobody wanted to listen. I've been standing up for gun safety and to stop the guns from flowing into this city because they want us to lose. And we need everybody to win. And that's what I stand up for. And I have a long track record of doing this. And when people talk about, oh, I've been in the community, I've stood up for community, show me that record. You can't just say it. you got to live it. And a lot of y'all listening out there, y'all know I live it. Y'all have heard me speak. Y'all know I go in front of the city council. And I stand up when nobody else will and call people out. And make sure our people get what they need. And what we need is to make our people whole. We need to make sure, again, that everybody wins. And that's why I'm running for this seat. Because a lot of times, y'all know when we when we founded um, and organized the movement to stop City Hall from moving to the Municipal Auditorium in Congo Square, do you know how much re- resistance we got from that? Do you know what a risk that was? But we did it because it was the right thing to do. And we did it on our own time and our own dime. And there's people sitting in this room that want to claim that. But they weren't there. They were brought in later. They, they didn't even really stand up. So, you know, come on, man. You can't say you stand up and we don't see you standing up. 
You know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. And we need leadership that's going to respond. And that's why I'm running, because so often when we do these grassroots struggles, these long 10-year efforts and five-year efforts, politicians don't listen. They don't respond. And I do. And that's why I'm running for this seat. Thank you so much, Ms. Morgan. Ms. Fox? Uh, for me, ask the question again so I can make sure we stay on course okay. here. So the question that I had was, what What are your personal priorities? Why are you seeking this position as state rep? My personal priorities mm-hmm. would have to be education because I know that the trends and studies have all shown that because we lack education in our great state, we have the highest incarceration in the nation and in the world. Having been a formerly incarcerated family for 21 years, I never met a person that could not read or write until I was in prison. Um, I come from a family of educators. My mother was a teacher, taught for 40 years in the public school, teach in the public school system, as well as five of my aunts, all public school teachers having retired. And so I know what a proper education can do in one's life. Uh, I'm the only one on this um, of the candidates here that have raised six black boys in the city of New Orleans successfully. Mm -hmm. And I think that that matters. We can talk about what our children need, but demonstration is what's important. Can you demonstrate what you've been able to do in your own family? And so those things are what's important to me. I know that Massachusetts is number one in education in our country. Mm -hmm. I also know that they incarcerate the least amount of citizens in our country. And so I want to see the reverse for that in the state of Louisiana. For me, I've been doing this work at the state level. I hear the fellow candidates speak about what they've done here locally, but this is not a local seat. If you want to do locally, then you should run for city council. I'm sorry. You did that already, didn't you? Um, But not running for city council. This is about a statewide seat and representing people on a state level. So for me, it is about making sure that we can have someone that has had proven track record at the state legislature, and that is what I've done. An issue that my husband and I started fighting in 2013 eventually became Act 122, which not only um, gave families an opportunity to come home, we thought it would be 400 to 600 families that would get an opportunity to come home. But when you look at it... You're talking about from... From jail. I'm talking about from jail. We Mm -hmm. started the argument in 2013 from jail. Okay. Once he came home, we continued the fight on that argument, the resolution for a misinterpretation of law at the state level. Mm -hmm. That resolution eventually passed in August of 2021. We thought it would help 400 to 600 families. When the advocate released the reports because of the work that we initiated in 2013, there are over 3,000 families in Louisiana that now have an opportunity to come home on parole who have been sentenced to 30 years or more who thought that they were going to die in prison. So it is about being able to show effectiveness with reducing our prison population and not just talking about what you're going to do about it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mr. Knox? Thank you. Uh, Some of my priorities will be primarily quality of life, particularly as it relates to public safety. I have a proven track record of reducing crime, uh, particularly as it relates to Central City area, Uptown. Uh, I did that in my role with the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation. I also want to make note and make clear that I'm the only candidate that got the endorsement of VOTE, the Norris Henderson Group, Voters Organized to Educate. With two formerly incarcerated people in this race, they chose me as the person who can get the job done. And what organization was that again? Voters Organized to Educate. Okay. And one thing about these individuals of this organization most of whom are formerly incarcerated people. 
They recognize the game and they recognize the hustle when they see it. And they made it clear they didn't want to have any dealings with those individuals who hustle people, meaning those people who call themselves a community activist, but yet they're going to charge them to advocate on their behalf. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who have been in positions to pay for expungement. I'm the one who's been in position to bring holistic approaches to reducing crime. I'm the one who's best qualified to say that individuals deserve a second chance and that I'm proud of these individuals that's in this race, but at the same time, they should be held to the same standard and evaluated and scrutinized just like everybody else that's running for race. And being in prison, being inside the system, doesn't qualify you to be someone to be the next legislator of the state of Louisiana. Yes, sir. But people make mistakes. Yes, ma'am. They absolutely did. Yeah. And deserve a second chance. Yes, yes, of course. That's yep. including myself. What people don't including know about me. me as well. I have my own personal story. I mm-hmm. was incarcerated in 1999. Mm-hmm. But just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Absolutely. And really could have taken 10 years. But luckily, mm-hmm. the judge only gave me six months. Mm-hmm. And I did have mm-hmm. to get that off of my record. So mm-hmm. I know what you're saying about expungements. It yes, does absolutely. cost money for that because I had to pay a lot of money to get that. Yeah, well, I wish I would have known you and knew you uh, were in that process because I probably could have gave you yeah, some assistance. Yeah, but I do believe in second chance. Absolutely. I do believe some, some people live in glass houses and try to throw rocks all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everybody try to... It's just funny that some people live in glass houses and try to throw rocks all the time. Nobody is perfect. And, no. you know, when you have people to try to throw rocks, and it's very unfortunate because people, it's kind of, it'd be hypocritical, right? Mm-hmm. People say, well, we forgive people for their past, but then you throw their past up and you keep mentioning it. People past is not their present, Correct. nor is it their future. Mm-hmm. Nor is it their future. And we know how unfair system has been for most folks, you know? And so when you hear folks try to say, and that's why I want voters to really understand, like, right? So the credentials and all that don't matter. It's about if you really care and going to really work on the behalf of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that people want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I think that I think that all the candidates in here are genuine, and yeah. I know most of them. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's it's funny that folks are trying to throw rocks and, you know, we can't try to BS voters right. and try mm-hmm. to act like folks are not doing the work on the ground. And people, like, I met Miss Fox when she came to Justice and Beyond um, many years ago when she was advocating for her husband. And so mm-hmm. folks have been on the work, on the ground doing this work for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And so you can't save, be the savior of every issue, you know, that folks, and that's why I say I think we just got to be honest with voters right. and not try to BS them and act like we're going to, Provide and know all the answers and try to get things done. Um, okay, we have one caller, Mr. James. Good morning. Uh, I'm extremely proud of all three of you guys. I think all three of you guys have done the work. The audience believes in, in all three of you guys. I want y'all to hear this. Let's not do the back and forth. Let's get here and talk about the real solutions. Like Fox said, I, I applaud her for saying it, but I, I, I'm not going to downgrade the, the 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 local level workers the local level workers y'all y'all know what specifically we need here but at the state level they got a whole bunch of connections already laid out and y'all about to walk into the door and y'all probably gonna be the new jacks mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying y'all didn't had that experience before y'all done felt that feeling before you know what i'm talking about what's your plan once you get there let's not talk about who did what and who who ain't tell me your plan i'm gonna hang up and listen mm-hmm. 
for the, thank sir, you, thank thank you, you for, for that, that call. Mr. James. Yeah. yeah. And but, for me, it was not about saying that there is, I'm, I'm grateful for anybody that, that offers themselves in service. This is a tremendous undertaking. Mm-hmm. My only point was saying that um, it is about the state-level work that we're talking about. Right. And out of the candidates, I am the only one that's been at the state level working to get bills authored and passed. And that's the difference. That's not necessarily true. Um, Because I've also been working at the state level to advocate and get bills passed as well. But but advocating, and that's a little different than actually getting it authored and passed. I've done that as well. Okay, all right. I think everybody has done indifferent, you know. But I do think the local piece is extremely important because you are representing neighborhoods in District 93. That's who you're representing and you better know those neighborhoods. You better walk those neighborhoods. You better hear those people because that's what we need. You can't just come in and say, well, I touched every neighborhood with a mailer or I touched every neighborhood because I had some people walk through waving a sign. No, you have to live in those neighborhoods. You have to work in those neighborhoods. So when we go to Baton Rouge, we are carrying the people's voice in our hearts. Beautiful. So when we are up there dealing with People who don't love New Orleans, who just want our money, who just want whatever we have that they can suck out of this city, that we have in our hearts and our souls the voice of the people, the concerns of the people. And that is what is inspiring us to be able to stand up to whatever they're going to throw at us. Because we know we have to work with our own delegation, but we also have to work with all those other people up there as well. And I'm Morgan Clevenger. Number one on the ballot. Thank you, Miss Morgan. Look, I will say I appreciate that the conversations actually shifted towards the people and being a voice for them because I will be a broken record. I don't have the same background that everyone else has. Like I've been doing this nonprofit work for my entire life. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure we can all say that, but that is where I shine and making sure that I'm on the ground floor, listening to the people yeah. actively working with them. I pre- I work right now in the arts. I work in hospitality. I walk by neighborhoods to get to work and I get to know my neighbors. I hear their needs. And that's why the main thing I'm always advocating for is getting the minimum wage increase. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need better schools. Yeah. We need, um, we we need affordable housing. We have to get a, a hold onto that because that's that's going to be huge. But we can't do any of that if people are struggling to pay their bills. Like my my water bill came this morning. I'm like, oh wow, that was a lot of baths apparently right. because it's more expensive than it's ever been. And living in my house for the last several years, you know. So I'm like, if we can get money in people's hands, mm-hmm. that is going to change their quality of life. That's going to change how they feel taken care of. That's going to change how they are walking their neighborhoods and how they are able to help us pro- like keep New Orleans progressing in the direction that it needs to be going in. I can't do anything if I can't pay my bills. I'm going to be on the streets. I'm, I'm going to be with everyone else in Tent City. You know, like we need to make sure that people are getting their basic needs taken care of. And then, yes, we can start focusing more on the crime. But I guarantee that if people are paying their bills, if they are able to feed their families without worrying about where that where that food's coming from, then they, I guarantee you that we will start to see a decrease in crime and then we can get a handle on guns. Then we can make sure that the kids are in school doing what they need to do so that they don't have to take a turn, to, a turn for the worse. And we've seen it. In our community, we see over and over again that crime is based on uh, economic needs. Um, 
over and over and over again. So we have to look at things like the minimum wage and go from not just a minimum wage to a living wage, but what even happened to a thriving wage for our people? Something we can really get around on, Mm -hmm. maybe have a family vacation with. I think that that's possible for the state of Louisiana. Well, to answer the caller's question specifically, one of the things I plan to do is to build coalitions and consistency once I get to the legislature. We all know that it will be a Republican-dominated legislature. Soon it will be yeah. a supermajority, meaning that anything that the Republicans want to push through, they can override it at the governor's level. So one of the things I want to do is to come up with common-sense legislation, not any big ideas, not anything that I know is not going to pass, but those things that we all have in common and have consistent build around. Okay. Is the caller still on the line? Okay. So the next question that I have, what are the most important issues to the district that you're seeking to represent? I guess for me, the most important issue, if it's okay, I jump in. Um, Most people don't understand these statistics, right? 50% of African Americans in the city of New Orleans make $23,000 or less. 70% 70% of African Americans in New Orleans make $38,000 or less. So people are literally robbing Peter to pay Paul. I think, yeah. as Naj was just mm-hmm. saying, it's hard to make ends meet, right? And so when you also think about it, 55% of New Orleans are renters. Mm-hmm. And most unfortunately, it happens to be African Americans. So we are really struggling um, to make ends meet in our town. And so uh, one of the issues that the main issue that I feel is not the silver bullet to solving crime, but economic opportunity. This is a city that's majority African-American, but a, a majority of African-Americans are suffering in this town. And so one of the priorities that I want to focus on is that the state of Louisiana received a hundred million dollars under the Build Back Better plan with um, President Biden. Yeah. And that's for the state small business credit initiative. And so I want to be able to make sure that those resources get to social economically disadvantaged businesses, which basically is women owned businesses, minority owned businesses um, and other different ethnic groups. And because the people that's actually doing the work in the community and who actually need it. Right. Mm -hmm, And so when you have if you are one individual working in your business, you really are in and are an employee. Yeah. But when you have the capital that where you need to grow, you can grow and scale up your business. And then when you grow and scale your business up, you can hire more people and you can hire additional people in the community. And then those people are going out and and spending dollars. So now you got sales tax revenue that's being generated for local government who can reinvest those dollars back into our community. So economic development is basically the simple principle of it is improving people's lives. And that's what I want to do and focus on. Um, for this district is to make sure that we get the resources that we need in our community. Great. For me, oh, you want to go to Taj? Go ahead. And then you miss Yes, ma'am. No, thank you. Yeah, this this basically, yes, goes back to what I was saying before, is that the biggest issue that I see with my neighbors in my community is that people are struggling. They can't get their roofs taken care of. Like, there's still blue tarps. There's still, I have elderly people in my neighborhood that I have to send people to go check on them. I'm like, you cannot be in your house without AC. And they're like, I can't afford to pay for it. And so I, yes, economic opportunity, but we need to make sure that we're paying those people a livable wage, a thriving wage. Um, We learned (laughs) during the pandemic that $15 an hour can go a very long way. It's actually about $16 an hour that we need in New Orleans specifically for people to be able to get by I think we need about $18 an hour so that we can thrive. I never took a family vacation 
growing up because my parents were working too much. The I had a 16, sweet 16th birthday party that my father couldn't attend because he worked so hard as a cab driver that he was too tired to come. Paying people $18 an hour, providing more opportunities for them to even be able to get work is going to set our families up for success. And that's what we need to be focusing on. You know, there's so many different things that we could be doing right now. Um, taking care of the short-term rentals for sure, making sure that yeah. people actually have a place to live. But if we can't afford the rent, if we can't afford the mortgage, we're not going to go anywhere. We're just going to be a continuous cycle of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, and it's not fair for us to be living in this district and in this in this state when we are struggling, when we are drowning to survive. And so if we can create these opportunities and then pay people a livable wage and then make sure that we give them the space to not just get by and actually be comfortable. Oh, I can take a week off oh. with my family. Mm-hmm. Even if we just stay in town, we can take a week off and just love each other and just take care of each other. Because that mental health of working three mm-hmm. jobs and still yeah. not being able to pay your rent, that's going to start to yeah. weigh on you. Yeah. And that's going to start that's going to start weighing on your mental, physical, and spiritual health. And then that's how we get in the cycle of people struggling, people robbing, right. people killing because there's nothing else to live for. Like we can fight for all the things we want, but if people don't even feel like they have a reason to live because it's just a cycle of working nonstop mm-hmm. for nothing, we're not going to get anywhere. Do you think that that's what's causing the violence right now? Uh, hopelessness, mm-hmm. you know, where people have no hope, you know, the people perish. Yeah. And um, when you don't have anything to live for, you don't mind dying. Yeah. For me, um, it is not just about policies when I become the next state representative for District 93. WBOK listeners, my name is Sybil Fox Richardson. I'm number five on your ballot. And for me, it is things that we can do just as leaders mm-hmm. um, that that matter. And and that leadership to me says that we know that all of our second graders in New Orleans, according to the latest report, are reading uh, 70 percent of our second graders are reading below um, their second grade level. So for me, it's about going in and setting up reading centers throughout the communities of District 93. We are really lost if our second graders are already over half of them are not reading. We don't have to legislate that. We just need someone that is in a position of leadership to orchestrate Mm -hmm. that, to bring in our faith-based community to bring in our nonprofit organizations and say that it is paramount upon us to make sure that our babies are reading. So to launch reading centers throughout our centers is important to me. The second thing that is important to me is our, um, our lights. Our city is dim, and we know that where it is darkness, it is a matter of uh, increase in crime. Uh, Where there is light, the darkness cannot dwell. So being able to work to make sure that we are lighting up our city, lighting up District 93. District 93 is the show of the whole state of Louisiana, and we should make sure that it's not only lit, but we should also make sure that blight is removed from Mm -hmm. our communities. It doesn't matter where you live, it can still be clean. And, And launching initiatives throughout the community where you have weekend cleanup days if it's once a month Mm -hmm. where you can bring in the community and also our young people putting money in their pockets for them helping to eradicate um, trash in their own communities. Those are simple things. The blight, our babies, and some lights in our communities is is just a push start to get us moving in the right direction in District 93. Thank you. Hold on one second, Ms. Morgan. For the newly um, in-tune listeners, I am Larisha with the King Jameer M. Alpha Foundation. I am the guest host for Mr. Darrell um, Gray this morning. 
And again, we have five candidates that is running for state representative, District 93. Right, Thank you so much. I'm Morgan Clevenger, um, number one on the ballot, running for state representative, District 93. Miss um, Richardson just mentioned several things about lights, reading centers, and community cleanup. All of that is already happening. That is at the council level and the community level. And as a neighborhood association president for 15 years, We are engaged in that, not just in our community, but all over the community. But when you look at District 93, you see a tremendous um, disparity in in equities in, in neighborhoods because you do have the big assets like the French Quarter, the Riverfront, the Warehouse District, the New River City, the Convention Center, the Lower Garden District. But then you have the Seventh Ward, and you have pieces of the Sixth Ward, and you have pieces of Central City, and you have two state highways Claiborne Avenue and Broad and those areas when you look around you don't see the billions and millions of dollars that we hear about coming into this city and that's one of my key concerns at the state level is where is all this recovery dollars going we just saw 30 million dollars from ARPA funds go into the city budget with really no transparency talking about blight enforcement but blight and, tr- and homelessness are about trauma and loss. And yes, many of my neighbors all over the city, not just in 93, have blue roofs. And these are people of color, working people, seniors, fixed income, single mothers. And the whole list of homeownership, the history of homeownership, black homeownership in this city has always been high. But we are now seeing, especially since Katrina, an erosion of black homeownership. And that is one of my key missions in life is to keep the diversity of the people, not only in District 93, but in New Orleans. But District 93, we've lost so many of our people that can't live in the neighborhoods they grew up. And so making sure we can have affordable homeownership, that people don't lose their houses, their only asset, their family home, where their families live. We so, have one call on the line, Ms. Okay. Martin. Hold on one second. Reverend Wallace, mm-hmm. hey, good, good morning. morning. So How are you? I want to commend them for uh, taking a noble step to run for office. But I want to ask them question. None of them have legislative experience. A Republican-controlled state legislator. How and when and where are they going to get the means to pass this legislation? They're talking about minimum wages or anything with no experience, with no alliance up there uh, with any Republican. So how are you going to get this done? You can't just get it done with the Democrat because they're not the majority. So how are you going to get this done? I can if I can jump in, if I can jump in, Reverend Wallace, if I can have the experience. Reverend Wallace, what I was going to um, thank you for that question. Um, the answer is simple. You have to work with people. Everything is done by coalition building. You can't, no matter if you're the greatest legislator in the world, you still have to work with other people to get legislation passed. Mm-hmm. There's 109 representatives on the House side. There's another 39 on the Senate side. So you have to work with Democrats, Republicans, and Independents to get anything done. And so to answer your question simply is, Coalition building, coalition building, coalition building, coalition building, and finding people who have like-minded interests in order to be able to get stuff done. So that's how I would work in order to get legislation passed. Mr. Knox? Thank you. This is Alonzo Knox, number four on the ballot. Uh, Reverend, I am the only one who actually has worked uh, with legislation. I worked for uh, then-state representative Sharon Weston Broom when she was at the House. 
I also worked for uh, U.S. J. Bennett Johnston, Senator J. Bennett Johnston, and I also worked in the Washington, D.C. office for Senator John Bro. So I have some experience with legislation, and I do have experience with building coalitions, and I do have experience with working with Republicans, most of whom uh, that I mentioned already are moderate Democrats. Many think they were Republicans, but they were moderate Democrats who reached across the aisle and who worked with Republicans and Democrats alike. I have that experience. I've been there doing the work, and I am the only one who does have that experience. <laughs> Reverend Wallace, this is Sybil Fox Richardson, and um, thank you so much again for your question. I would just have to counter that. I don't know why Mr. Knox wants to accept responsibility for saying he's the only person that has done something, because that's not true. In 2016, I said that nobody is coming to help the people that are incarcerated, so I'm going to, not as an employee, but as an ordinary citizen, get a bill authored. And when I decided about what bill we needed to be able to give an opportunity for parole to people serving life, in our prison system, I reached out to Senator Martinez over in, in Metairie, who is a Republican, mm-hmm. and asked him if he would author that bill for me, to which he did. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get that bill onto the Senate floor, and not since that bill went to the Senate floor for us to receive parole opportunities has there been a bill um, as such. When you talk about working with anybody, I think that we can have to go back to the demonstration that we put forth in our own homes. I have been married for almost 26 years this April. And to say that you are able to maintain a union for that amount of time shows that you're able to be collaborative in your own home. What we do in our own homes is what is perpetrated out into our greater community and into our world. Furthermore, when I was finally able to get my husband home, I did so by securing the help of a Republican to work with our Democratic um, governor yes, to get the signature that I needed to get clemency for my husband. So I think I have a proven track record of being able to get things done with working across the aisle. It's all about people building and relationship building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ms. Wallace? Uh, yes, <laughs> thank you, Reverend Wallace. This is Naj Wallace, by the way. <laughs> no, no relation. <laughs> no relation. Um, and you're right. I actually, it's no secret I don't have experience in legislation. What I do is I have a background in sociology. I deal in people. I understand that we've tried before to get minimum wage passed before, um, but it was also attached to a lot of other benefits and deals that Republicans and moderate uh, Democrats and conservatives, they just didn't want to see it happen because it would start hurting their business. And so I think once you get to the root of the problem and figure out why it is they're pulling down these bills and making sure they don't pass, then I think we can focus on maybe just one thing at a time. But it's what uh, Mr. Kennedy said. We have to build those relationships. We have to figure out what it's going to take because I feel like we're all at the end of the day focused on the people because that's what the job is supposed to be. And so if we can figure out what's going on and actually build those coalitions, build those relationships and get to the bottom of the problem, we can make minimum wage pass. Like, but maybe it's going to be a slow step. Maybe it's going to, it won't be the $18 an hour that we deserve. Maybe we have to start at $12, which still isn't a lot, but we have to work our way up and I'm willing to put in the work. I'm in it for the long haul. Hi, I'm Morgan Clevenger, number one on the ballot. I think there's definitely, I'm, I've been a coalition builder my whole life. And the only way we've been successful in passing legislation at the local level, and we had a a measure on the ballot at the state level to cap property tax assessments at 10% annually, is to build coalitions and to bring the people and let their voice be heard. Because when we get to Baton Rouge, we understand what the challenges are there. And we also have to make sure 
We are finding out what is going to appeal to them. Tanaj just spoke about, you know, their business and how they would be affected. Well, I think if we can't appeal to people's compassion or their humanity, then we need to appeal to their economic um, environment because if New Orleans is providing the tax base, taxes are going, our money is going all over the state to support parishes all over the state. So if we appeal to those representatives and say, hey, listen, if we have a city that's not thriving, then how can we send money to you? How can you get more money out of us if we're not thriving, if we're not excelling, if our people aren't, you know, not just surviving but thriving, if our economy is not doing well? Um, Okay. I'm going to let that go because I feel like, all right, thank you. Oh, everybody's talking over. I don't know which I'll do. All right, go ahead. He wasn't talking into the mic. Me? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, so next question that I have um, is pretty much what you guys were saying already, but circling back to the issues, what's your plan to deal with the issues at hand? You want to go since you felt he was interrupting you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let her go so she can. I do not care. We won't make you feel some type of way, you know. (laughs) Okay, we have a phone call. We have Kevin on the line. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. I'll be very short. Um, About the juvenile situation, crime, um, and they're sending kids to Angola. Would you uh, propose to stop uh, this sending kids to Angola for rehabilitated? And second, how you attract small business to the district? to have them in a way. That's my question. Thank you. Okay, who wants to answer that really quick? We have two other calls. Oh, so I guess the I guess the first question was um about, about our children in Angola. Oh, I I think that's a travesty that kids are being um sent to Angola is basically kind of preparing them to become adults in Angola. So I'm definitely um opposed to sending juveniles to um, a large um, male adult institution. And in regards to attracting small businesses um, to the district, I feel like bringing capital, allowing them to have access to capital to be able to uh, open up businesses in the district is some of the things that I really want to focus on. I, and I know we got to jump to other callers, but that's my short answer. Okay. Thank you so much. Next caller um, is Melicone. Malcolm. Good morning, Malcolm. How y'all doing? Good morning. Good morning. Before I, before I you know, bring up some points, I just want to say this here. Um, some of y'all are not new to, to campaign, and um, you got some familiar faces up there. But, you know, when, when we on this side of the fence, um, especially as, as WBOK listeners, we want to hear about you. We don't want to hear about you throwing an elbow at the other person while, you say, while you're telling us about you. Because we, you know, that, that's like a waste of, of resources. But let me get on to the point. I've heard comments about get more resources, more capital. But let's let's be real. You know, you got ways and means. Gimme got gimme got drowned. You know how they used to say that. So we we really want to hear about generating how we as a people, because we are very creative. We got to think more on generating capital. When we generate, when we create things, products, services, 
it, you know, money is not a question. It's, it's not a question. I mean, it's a doable thing. Now, when you talk about, I heard somebody say, a handle on guns. Come on, now, I, I keep, and, and I'm the one, see, whoever get in office, when you start trampling on the Second Amendment rights, I'm the one you're going to hear from, all right? Because it's not the guns that's killing people, all right? What it is is that people like me, we purchase guns and firearms to defend ourselves from crime. And I'm, I'm asking you all a trivial question, if you really understand about crime. Before we had the escalation in violent uh, gun crimes, can anybody recall what was the escalational crime that took place prior to that? And, and I'll ask this question because while you up there making these, these, these laws and, and, and submitting those bills, these are the things you've got to understand. There was an escalation, a serious escalation of a certain type of crime before we had the escalation of guns, meaning it was the yin to that yang. Can anybody tell me? I look forward to hearing it from you. Please share. Yeah, but we, Mr. Malcolm. Okay, Miss Janet. Good, good morning. Good morning. Um, How are you? To the, I'm doing great, thank God. To the guest host and to all of the candidates. My question is, who can work with me to alter a bill to have designated areas for smoking in crowds, especially parades, because we know secondhand smoke is not healthy. The parade pass on one side of the street. Smokers can step away and smoke on the opposite side. You know, we can model what we do at the basketball and football games, like the Superdome and Smoothie King. Um, thank you for that question. I think um, what's important to realize is that at the state level, that would have to pass statewide. So that, um, I think, because New Orleans is the primary source of Mardi Gras parades where it really happens, um, I think that would be a council level, mayoral level, you know, local level question. But there's no doubt that we can help you as representatives, as a New Orleans delegation, to help you forward that. Ms. Janet, I hadn't even considered that, but you are so right when we think about how we know that smoking is harmful um, to people as to why we have restricted it. So I just want to thank you for even giving consideration to um, protecting our public health and how it is that we might need to um, make measures to protect the public health. Ms. Knox? I agree with the previous comments. I think that... uh Having something like that, Arthur, is not possible at a state level because, again, that's not a state matter that would be addressed. It's more at the uh, city council level. But I would support having a designated area of smoking. Ms. Wallace. Yeah, I am. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I agree with Fox. That's actually not something that mm-hmm. I've thought about even happening <laughs> at parades, but it is something that I deal with myself. It's frustrating to be in a space where, my air is actually being clouded by things I don't want to be taking in. Um, yeah, so I actually actually would support to help you in any way I could to author that bill or get it passed at the local level. Um, but yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I never thought about that myself either, but that was a good question. Mm-hmm. So again, we're wrapping up. I just want everybody to say where they are, again, their names, where they are on, on the ballots. And voting is this Saturday. Saturday, a day in a wake up. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Miss Fox? 
Sure. I am Sybil Fox Richardson. I'm number five on your ballot, and uh, I have been gracious enough to receive the endorsement of our state leaders. Um, when you talk about um, not receiving the endorsement of voters um, to organize um, voice of the experience, as they are called, um, for me, I am more than just an incarcerated person, and I don't need the endorsement of incarcerated people because I have lived that life myself. I'm proud to say that Senator Royce DuPlessis, our, our new senator who was formerly the House representative in this seat, has endorsed me, our U.S. Congressman, Troy Carter has endorsed me, as well as um, City Councilwoman Helena Moreno, J.P. Morrell, our president of City Council. Um, Delisha Boyd has endorsed me, saying she's looking forward to having the voice of another woman in the State House with her. Um, and even our school board member, Carlos Zervagon, has endorsed me. I also have the endorsement of IWO, the Independent Women's Organization, as well as Unite Here, our hospitality mm-hmm. industry workers that believe that I am the voice that they need in Baton Rouge as well as the AFL-CIO. I think these are organizations and infrastructures that we have counted on, that have been leaders for us in this community. They have spoken and said that I am the best um, ideal candidate in this season of time to go to Baton Rouge and fight for the great people of District 93. And I look forward to making you all proud of the work that I do for us there. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Thank you so much. Ms. Morgan, very quickly. Hey, I'm Morgan Clevenger, number one on the ballot. I'm a native New Orleanian with deep roots in District 93. I'm a proven leader who's been standing up for the people my whole life. And as we go forward, uh, we have to make our people whole. We can't keep losing our people. We can't keep losing our homes. We have to make sure our children have a future. Um, You know, last week when we were at Kennedy's funeral, the pastor said to 300 students and family members in the old Franklin Avenue Baptist Church, He said, what is the cost of Precious? What is the cost of Kennedy? And now this week we have young Tyler Ellis who had his whole future ahead of him. Very praying for his family. Yes. Praying for his mother. Yes. And so my heart is full when I talk about our children being cut down before they even even live. Um, So when we talk about how our future looks, we do have to address are long-term systemic problems, but we have to deal with gun violence. We have to deal with domestic violence. We have to deal with the lack of mental health resources. We have to deal with the state of our education. We have to deal with the fact that we almost have no support resources, not only in the city, but in the state as well, when you really look at it. Thank you so much, Ms. Morgan. Mr. Kennedy? Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. once again, for giving us the opportunity to speak. My name is Stephen Kennedy, and I'm number three. It's simple. Vote for me. I'm Steve. I'm number three. Thank but you, also, But also, I, just, I was just joking saying that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I am the officially endorsed candidate of the Orleans Parish Democratic Executive Committee, which is made up of 70 members from across the city. And some of those folks who have given endorsement to Ms. Fox are actually members of the Orleans Parish Democratic Executive Committee. Um, I've also been endorsed by the New Orleans Tribune, which is a staple in our community. I've also been endorsed by the AFL-CIO um, as well. The men and women, working men of this country, uh, know that I'm a great representation of them. I've been on the ground doing the work. I'm trained as an urban planner. I've been really working on issues that are of importance to us. So I'm asking folks to support me, vote for me. I'm a locally grown um, out the St. Bernard Housing Development, and I'm an inspiration to many people across this town because I've been actually doing the work. 
Vote for Stephen Kennedy, number three on your ballot. Thank you so much, Mr. Knox. Thank you. I am Alonzo Knox, number four on the ballot. Uh, I also have been endorsed by the Independent Women Organization, AFL-CIO, the Gambit, uh, Sheriff Susan Hudson, uh, Vote, and other organizations as well. But the endorsement that really counts will be the one of you, the listeners. When you get out there and cast your vote, that's the endorsement that's most important to me. And I want to say this before I, I, I close, that I'm really proud of everyone on this panel. We may sound like we're rumbling and tumbling, but we all really pretty much get along and respect each other. Yeah. And we've all, most of us know each other. Yeah. That's the irony in all of this. We've been knowing each other for some three years and some 10 years. And so we all have respect for each other. But in this campaign, in this race, it's very competitive. So just because you hear us rumbling and tumbling, it doesn't mean that we don't have much respect for each other. I am Alonzo Knox, number four on the ballot. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Knox. Ms. Wallace. Hi, thank you again for having me here. My name is Naj Wallace, number six on the ballot. I do not have endorsements. I don't have relationships with these groups in the same way that these people do. Uh, the other candidates, I mean, these people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't, I, but I don't have um, these endorsements because I'm not a part of these groups. I'm not members of them. I've recently been touted, touted as the honest outsider, and I think that's the most important thing is that the people of District 93 need someone they can trust. They need someone that will be a voice for them that isn't using this as a way to just further their careers. I'm doing this because I want to see my district thrive. I want to see New Orleans get to the place where I know it can be. There's a reason that everyone comes from all over the world to be here with us. And I want to make sure that we are taken care of so that we can put on our best faces for them and show them that this is, this is why the people are why the community that like we are not resources we are a family we are a community we are the culture and so i want to make sure that we are taken care of as a unit we Naj jackson thank wallace. you so much miss wallace you have tuned into wbok this morning down by law um by daryl gray i was larisha uh with the king jamir and Alpha foundation um we're praying for all of you guys thank you great thank job you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.